Trollodren, Legends and Lore. Episode 5, The People of Trollodron. Well, hello and welcome again to Trollodron Legends and Lore. I'm Chad Corey, and in this episode, we're going to be talking about the various people who make up the world of Trollodron. Last episode, we talked about the general introduction to the world setting as far as the various landmasses and continents and things where people lived and where they were based, basically. And if you didn't uh, avail yourself of that, I'd encourage you to do that because we'll be talking a little bit more about where they live and stuff. If you wanted a reference, you can go back and listen to that. You can also go to the website, chadcorey.com, type in, uh, or not type in, just click on the Trollodon page, and there should be a section there called The Planet. And if you go there, there should be a map or parts of a map you can look at and see where these places are located across the planet in general, if you're curious about that. Now, in this particular episode, we'll also have a companion piece as well. You can go to The People, and it will give you kind of a little nutshell summary of what I'll be talking about today. I'm going to go in a little bit more depth, but not a whole lot more. So this will probably be a little bit shorter episode than usual. But uh, again, I'm just kind of giving you the summary of the various races as far as they are populating the planet in general. I'm not going to give every single, you know, creature and critter that exists in the cosmos, that would be a very long and involved process. And maybe we'll do that in pieces as as the episodes progress. But right now, I just, again, want to give you an overview for the various creatures that live, uh, people that live on this world. So in general, we have like eight different categories, actually nine if you count animals and, and then a tenth if you count uh, great animals. We'll get into that in a moment here. But there are nine different categories here, or eight, I should say, excuse me. And there are cosmic races, divinities, dragons, giants, gods, lenorms, mortal kind, and monstrous races. Now, some of these, again, will not be applicable to Trollodon itself because they don't live there and they have very limited if any type of interaction with the planet, but I do want to kind of go over a general overview of what they are. Now, with the cosmic races, we're talking about beings who live in other planes and realms outside of Trollodron. So they're probably not going to be things you encounter on a regular basis, like I said. These would be elements like uh, like the fiends, like demons and devils and angels and the various incarnates and the various creatures that call, you know, like we said, the planes their homes. You're not necessarily going to... Like I say, wake up one day and there's going to be one sitting there. But that is, like I said, something, those are a whole other collection of creatures and critters that exist outside of the planet. And we might get to them at some point in time, but I do want you to be aware that they, they do exist. The next group kind of tied into that are called divinities. And these are beings who have a higher power or ability than anyone else around them in the cosmos. But they're kind of a a step or two below the gods. So these are usually, like if you're looking at Titan lords or certain like fiendish princes or princesses or things of that nature, things that are kind of not quite a cosmic race. I mean, technically they kind of are, 
but they're a, a step above the cosmic race and a step below the gods, if that makes sense. They're kind of something in between. They're not quite up to the god level yet, but they're not quite a traditional cosmic race either. They're kind of something in between, and that's why we call them divinities. Again, the next one after that would be dragons, as we said in the list. Dragons are really the corrupted form of Lenorms. And Lenorms, let's tie that in here too real quick. Lenorms were a creation of Girthgal. He created them to kind of, he was trying to get himself released from Vicar's throne. And that's a fun story in and of itself, which led into the creation of Trilodron and actually led into the creation of the Pantheon, as we know it, among other things. But he initially created the Lenorms as a way to try and free himself, you know, use enough power from the throne to basically kind of get some leverage to yank himself off the throne, but it, you know, that didn't work, unfortunately. But the end result was a Lenorm. And Lenorms in this world are kind of similar to what you would recognize in mythologies, particularly Norse mythology, is that they are more of a serpentine type of creature that has uh, two arms, more of a, I guess you could say lizard or what you might consider a traditional dragon-like head, but it's on a serpent body, serpentine-like body with two arms, uh, usually the, the front arms, the forearms. And then that's kind of the basic shape of them. They, they vary in size and shape and color and, and things of that nature. But that's kind of what he created. It's just kind of a, a lack of a better term, an old-world dragon. And... They exist in different pockets and different groups throughout different sections of Trilodrin, and even and that, that includes the Southern Hemisphere and, and the Northern Hemisphere. But what happened was is that in some point in the ancient past, which again, hopefully we'll get to as the episodes progress, there was a situation that developed where some uh, not-so-nice characters came in and tried to dominate the planet. And in doing so, they conducted some fiendish experiments on... The norms and produce dragons, and dragons are what you would consider a traditional uh, fantasy dragon. They have four four arms, and my four arms. They have four four limbs, shall we say? You know, four arms and hind legs, and they have more of a reptilian type of body structure with wings, like bat wings. So you get, get kind of more of the traditional dragon look that most fantasy has. That's what a traditional dragon, you know is in this world that came from a corrupted version of a Lenorm. They, they have since gone on, of course, to be more prolific, shall we say, in breeding and stuff over the years, and they've been able to get themselves out there in the general population. The big difference with dragons is that they don't seem to have the ability to uh, be, how we say it, be on a level that's cognitively progressive than their Lenormic kin. They are seeming to get more savage and more animalistic with various generations and kind of almost like de-evolve and degrade into more simplistic animals uh, over time rather than what they were before with more intelligent, even speaking individuals. Some dragons still speak and still can understand languages and stuff, but they're not necessarily where they were on the levels back in you know, the early days of the uh, the planet. Giants are kind of a fun race. They're not as big as what... Some people would have giants be where they're like, you know, mountains you know, of flesh walking around. But giants typically tend to be around 12 feet tall, which is still pretty big, about, you know, twice the size of the average human. But they're not so gigantic that they are, you know, on, on par with, you know, the norms and dragons and things of that nature. 
So they're kind of the in-between race. They're also a race that was created by Couthon, who wanted to have kind of a representation of his own ideals in, in the world. And so you have strength and you know power and all that good stuff he likes kind of combined into the race in general. And giants are found basically all over the planet, all over the hemispheres, and they have different groups, different peoples and things like that we'll, we'll probably get into to a greater extent. But you got everything from people living in the, the far north and the frosty areas, and you got people living in the far south and even beyond that into the, uh, the southern hemisphere and all the various lands in between. And all of them had different cultures and outlooks and things as, as they progressed over the years. But in general, like I said, they're about 12 feet tall, humanoids. They have various skin tones and, and looks and such and cultures and things. And again, we'll probably we'll get into that in the, uh, the not-too-distant future with some future episodes. Now, Mortal Kind, I think, is probably the most well-known and, um, <laughs> and introduced as far as the creatures that exist on Trolodon. I think in every story there's going to be some element of Mortal Kind in them. Mortal Kind is just a collection of the main races who populate the world setting. In general, if you're familiar with the history at all, and if not, you can check out episodes or read stories, there is a group that was originally created by the gods called Draenors. And the Draenors were like the pinnacle, the perfect creature, the perfect race, whatever you want to call them, for this world that was created for them. And some of the stuff happened, they got cursed, they got some bad stuff put on them, and they began kind of producing what we call mortal kind. That would be the halflings, the humans, the dwarves, the elves, the dwarves. I mean, dwarves, elves, and the gnomes. There you go. So those five races. And that's the genesis of mortal kind. And, but with each of the races, though, you have some unique dynamics. Now, the, the dwarves did not necessarily branch off into different racial families, as was the case with the dwarves and the, I mean, the elves and the humans. But they did group into different clans that have kind of a slightly different flavor between them, although they all kind of adhere to the same overall philosophy based upon if they're a mountain dwarf or a hill dwarf. But they're, they're found all over the, uh, the northern hemisphere in various locations, obviously grouping more towards the mountains if they're a mountain dwarf or, or more towards the hill if they're a hill dwarf and, and so on and so forth. Now, the gnomes and the halflings are unique in that they did not necessarily branch off into any different groups or subgroups, but they maintained their identity. The only difference is that the halflings kind of spread out over the planet and the gnomes kind of stayed in place. Now, they did still explore and do some things, but they were more located in their general part of the world in the western lands. The, the biggest differences on the races, obviously, are the humans and the elves, who literally just split into different racial groups or subgroups, whatever you want to call them. And they have also populated a large collection of territory across the Northern Hemisphere as well. In fact, the humans and elves are probably probably some of the most prolific uh, race races, I should say, in the entire world. They are just about, you can find someone just about anywhere. You'll, you'll find a human or an elf just about anywhere. So that's, that's saying something. And uh, one of the more famous ones, predominantly dominant ones, I guess you can say, would be the Telborians. Then you have the Nordicans who have their own section up in the north. They don't really do a whole lot yet down south. They're, they just kind of stay in their part of the, the world. You have the Nepoese that kind of do the same thing on the western lands. 
And you get the Zelotors, who kind of are like the Taborians. They, they mingle around and do some stuff, but they're more based in the southern lands. They do make their way up into different regions once in a while, but not in a, in a great degree of of numbers like you would see with the Telborians. Uh, with the elves, you have a similar situation where the Elemic Elf is the predominant elf you would expect, but not so much over the entire planet. They are primarily just in the Midlands and in the Southernlands you'd find the Elemic Elves. And the other elves would be the Patriots Elves. And they are predominantly in the Western Lands. That's kind of their, their stopping grounds. And they don't really get that far out, if at all, into many lands beyond that. The other group is called the Savani Elves. The Savani live in Eridland. That's kind of their own little territory. That's kind of where they've been for millennia. They don't really leave for lots of different reasons, but that's that's their stomping grounds there. And they're seen more of like the quote-unquote savage type of elf, although they're really not. It's that, you know, from someone other's perspective that has a different view of what civilization is and should be, that they don't necessarily equate that with what they see with the Savani. So they're seen more as a, a savage, uh, tribal type of society. And in some ways they are, but they're not like grunting and carrying spears and hunting woolly mammoths, if that makes sense. Uh, the other group, which we haven't really talked about, and I think I'll just hint at a little bit in today's episode, are called the Aquadians. And as the name kind of implies, they live under the water. We haven't really talked a lot about them at all, obviously because they're under the water, so you don't really encounter them that much, but they have the capacity to come above the waves once in a while and interact with people on the surface world, so to speak. And that has happened in the past, and again, I'm thinking about some stories for that possibility, so I don't want to ruin a whole lot of potential fun stuff there. But just know that they they do exist, and they have different uh, nations that they exist in all over the, the world or at least the Northern Hemisphere, not the Southern Hemisphere, but the Northern Hemisphere. So that's kind of the mortal kind. Now, monstrous races are kind of the other side of the coin with mortal kind. They are the remnants, or not remnants, but the the roots, branches, I guess is better, were the branches of the creation of the gods at the beginning of the creation of Trilodon where you had the different gods, primarily Kutho and Rayu, and actually Ganatar, and get involved with the creation of the different races, I should say Remanas. Remanas, Kutho, and Ganatar, with the creation of the Rayu, the Minotaur, and the Jarthal, who eventually became, well, they're still out of those same races, but then you also, out of that, got the Minotaur, you got the Goblins, the Hobgoblins, and the Ogres, and you also got the Lizardmen and the Deltarian. So a whole bunch of different groups and races and things that came out of, uh, again, some bad fiendish experiments that took place during the um, early time of Trilodron history. And those racial groups, the monstrous races, have primarily stayed in more of the marginal areas of the world, kind of where civilization ebbs and there's a little more freedom to flow about and do their own thing. That's kind of where you'll find them although primarily a lot of them will be in the southern lands. Some of them will be more in the wilder aspects of the western lands. Uh, there are obviously some in the, the, the Midlands and the Northlands and such, but they, as those civilizations have grown and, and dominated more land and stuff, they, they become less and less dominant in that region. And, of course, infighting and stuff has developed and things of that nature that have caused them to kind of dwindle in influence and population as well. So you'll find them mostly right now in the modern time 
in the Sutherlands. That's actually where they've had some their own nations in the past they've used and ruled from as well. So they still have some strongholds and, and places to kind of tap into there as well. And that's kind of the, the basic summary. I'm not going to get into the basic gods at this point because I think you're all familiar with it. If you're not, I maybe want to go in and do a little bit more detail on some of them later on. But needless to say, the gods exist, obviously, as the highest pinnacle of what's achievable outside of the uh, the cosmic entities. And there's, uh, what, 16 of them? And they're in a pantheon. And, yeah, I think... <laughs> I think that's all I'll say about it for now. But just know that they exist. They're very limited. They're they're all related by, by blood for the most part, except for three, which are the the race gods. They actually were elevated to that position. But everyone else is basically a cousin or a brother or a sister or whatever. They're all related. It's like kind of a divine dynastic ruling uh, situation that they got going on. So, so that's the gods. I will say that I mentioned animals at the beginning of this and, and, and great animals. Great animals are basically giant forms of animals. So if you have like, there's like a lion, but if you had a great lion, it'd be like something could be two, three, five times the size of a normal lion. So it'd be a really big, big creature. And that those great animals existed more commonly during the early times of Trollodon. And as, as the planet has progressed in the millennia, more and more of those have dwindled down. They stopped growing as big. They've actually started growing smaller and so you're basically left with a limited amount of, of, of them available to see or an encounter on the world at this point in time. But they still exist, just not in the majority like they used to in the old days. More commonly, of course, is the common animal versus the, the great animal. But I just wanted to pass it on so you know there's some other stuff going on there as well. And I should probably mention that, that drakes are also uh, something unique in the animal line of things. They're basically kind of like, for lack of a better word, a uh, form of dinosaur. And again, we'll probably get into getting some more specifics about the different creatures and things that exist in future episodes. So I don't want to get into the the, the real nitty-gritty of that yet. Just kind of give you an overview of what and who populates the planet at this point in time. And I think we've accomplished that goal for this particular episode. So thank you for the time and thanks for listening. And next episode, we'll delve more into the legends and lore of Trollodrim. Thanks for listening. This podcast is copyright Chad Corey. All rights reserved.